Hello everybody, I'm John Roper and this is another episode of Roped In. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you are a repeat listener, thank you very much for coming back. If this is your first time listening, thanks for giving it a shot. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you come back for more. Don't have much going on in today's episode. It is just me. Today I'm going to be talking about some against all the odds stories because of Tyson Badgett and Adolis Garcia who... Preview, I'll be getting into them if you don't know the name, so sit tight, don't worry, I will explain who they are. But yeah, I'm just going to be talking about people who had a bit of a tougher path to get to the stardom level of the professional leagues of where they are. Also going to be talking about the college football conference restructuring. Now I'm going to let you know I'm not a college football expert. I, I do like college football. I like enjoy, I like enjoy, I enjoy watching it. Um... So I'm going to be talking about the changes that are going to be happening to the conferences next year. Don't worry, I will explain all of that again if you don't know what I'm talking about. Finally, I'm just going to be doing a segment. So let me know what you guys think, if you think this is a good segment or if it's just a leave this to TSN segment. But I'm just going to be doing a a current sports roundup because there's just a lot going on right now and I I don't have enough time to get into all of them, but I, I want to talk about all of them. So again, just going to be doing a bit of a current sports roundup. So yeah, just me today. Those are the three segments. Uh, don't got much more else. I hope you guys enjoy. As always, sit back, relax, and let's get into it. And here we are with the first segment of today's episode. I know a lot of you guys have probably been wondering. I haven't mentioned it in a lot of episodes. Today's drink break brought to you by Crystal Light. The sweet nectar of crystal light. It's so good. Um, But yeah, no. The first segment is the against all odds stories. So, as I mentioned, I did drop two names. The two people I'm going to be talking about that have popped up that sports fans will know the name recently is Tyson Badgent and Adolis Garcia. So, let's start with Tyson Badgent. He is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. So, he's the backup quarterback. But right now he's starting because Justin Fields is injured. I want to get into the story because, man, he's he's worked to get to where he is and he's earned everything he's got. So Tyson Badgett was a no-star recruit coming out of high school. For those that don't fully know, there's a five-star recruiting system coming out of high school for college um, prospects. Um, again, probably college prospects going to the major leagues. But he was a no-star, meaning they didn't really think much out of him. I think he played for Martinsburg High School. He was both a football and a basketball player, but again, a no-star recruit out of high school. So he went to Division II, the Shepherd University. I think they were the Shepherd Rams. Very small school, had about 3,000 students in it. Um, But yeah, there he goes, and he absolutely balls out at this place. Um, There's a couple of stats that I want to look up, so... The Harlan Hill Trophy, which is the Division II's equivalent of the Heisman Trophy, he was a nominee his first year, a nominee his second year, won it his third year, and then was a finalist in his fourth year. He won 29 different awards when he was at this school, and he had... Okay, so (laughs) I'm going to list off. I'm going to skip a couple, but I'm just going to let you know these are the records that Tyson Badgett has at Shepherd University Division 2. Now, it is not Division 1, but I'm not going to doubt it. Division 2 is still good football. I can't handle it in Division 2. Granted, I've never played football, but Division 2 is still good football. 
But these are the records that he had at Shepherd University. Most completions in a game. Most completions in a season. Most completions in a career. Most pass attempts in a game. Most pass attempts in a season. Most pass attempts in a career. Most passing yards in a game. Most passing yards in a season. You guessed it. Most passing yards in a career. Same thing for most passing touchdowns. The most in a game season and career. He was most touchdowns responsible for in a game season and career. He had the most games with 300 passing yards or more in a career with 32. He had 10 career games with 400 passing yards. He had the highest completion percentage in a, in a season. Most touchdowns responsible for in a season and his career. You're getting the point. He had 27 different records at this university. He was an absolute stud, and because of it, he got invited to the Senior Bowl. So the Senior Bowl is a chance where... You guessed it, seniors can showcase their talent to NBA, NFL scouts. So he goes there, but unfortunately doesn't showcase enough, goes undrafted. The The Bears end up signing him, though, to the practice squad this preseason, and he, he goes in a competition against P.J. Walker, who's a, a longtime a starter um, in the NFL. They're competing, and... He actually beats out P.J. Walker for this backup spot. So he's been competing his whole life. He's not a pro, he's not opposed to it. He's 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 not afraid to show you what he can do, and he does it again. Wins the backup spot behind Justin Fields. Now Justin Fields, as I mentioned, does get injured. So Tyson Badgett actually starts. He wins his first match, and he's actually starting again today. So. That's the story of Tyson Badgett. You can't help but root for the guy. He he is an absolute stud on the football field. Okay, compared to other people like Patrick Mahomes, no, he's not an absolute stud. He is a backup for a reason. When Fields is injured, he's going to be starting again. It's not like Badgett's going to earn the starting spot. But Badgett's proving that, man, I, I deserve to be in this league. And Division II players can 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 hang in the NFL. So it's it's really awesome to see what, what Tyson Badgett has done here in in a limited amount of time from what we've seen and clearly a really good career of, of showing that he he deserves it. Next up, we've got Adolis Garcia. So we're switching sports a little bit, but he's another big story that's been taking over baseball lately. So Adolis Garcia, for those that don't know, is a right fielder for the Texas Rangers, meaning he plays in the outfield, the ball is hit hard, he's one of those guys that's going to run out and catch it, and he plays in the right side of the field. And he plays in Texas for a team called the Rangers. Duh. So, yeah. Here's his story. In 2000... Okay. So, first let me preface. This is where baseball... I shouldn't say has an advantage. But baseball is one of those teams where where you start early and young. So, yeah. he's. I'm going to say some years a while ago. But it's, it's not overly crazy for baseball. Kind of is. But not overly crazy. So, in 2012... He wins a title with the Cuban National Series. Uh, I don't know the town, but they were the Tigres. So yeah, he wins the, the title in 2012. In 2015, he's on the bronze-winning Pan American team for Cuba. Again, he's playing in the out. Actually, I don't know what position he's playing. I'm guessing it's the outfield. Then in 2016, he's the Cuban National Series MVP. So 2016 is where his life kind of went off and, and really changed a little bit. So... Again, in 2016, he wins the Cuban National Series MVP, and then in that offseason, I guess, he goes and signs with the Yomiuri Giants, which is in the Japanese League, the Nippon Japanese League. 
Um, he's then defecting from Cuba to the Dominican Republic. So he moves to the Dominican Republic for, I think it was six months or something like that to, I don't know what the laws and everything are, but either way, he tries to defect or does defect from Cuba to Dominican Republic. He's not the only person to do this. People like Jonas Cespedes, Yasiel Puig, Jose Abreu, they've done it. Now, I think they still do represent Cuba now. I don't know how it really all works, but that's what I've researched and found out. So again, he defects from Cuba to Dominican Republic. All of this is in 2016. Only reason he does this, and this is, again, where I don't know the laws and the rules and everything, but he does this so that he can sign in the MLB. I'm guessing there is some kind of a league with, or some kind of a rule with the Cuban National League players not being able to sign, which is why he went to Japan, then defected to Dom Rep, so that he can go to the MLB. Now, in the MLB, in 2017, he signs with the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't really like the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan. They play in the same division. The Cardinals have been too good for too long. But either way, he signs in 2017 as an international free agent. Now, again, for those that don't fully know, there's a lot of different leagues. So he signed in the minor leagues. And in 2018 is when he finally made his major league debut. So again, we're talking about six years of his professional career. He's now making it in the major league doesn't do very good i think it's 21 games or 21 plate appearances and he goes two for 17 um walks could be in there that's why but he goes two for 17 was a double but he, he really doesn't perform well in the end of the 2018 season and the cardinals say we're not overly impressed we're not going to bring you back for the 2019 season and we're actually going to end up releasing you at the end um, puts him on the waivers, and the Rangers actually swoop in and pick him up off the waivers for a bit of cash considerations. So he, he's now playing in the Rangers minor league system as of 2019. 2021, he makes his then major league debut again to the Texas Rangers. Um, big first home run. He's a huge hitter. That year, again, he's, I think, fourth in the season for Rookie of the Year runnings. He makes the league as an all-star reserve. Absolutely burst back onto the scene. It's amazing to see what Adoles Garcia did. Continued it throughout his major league career now. Now, in 2023, he made the home run derby for the first time. He's been a key part to this World Series run. Uh, I think he hit a a walk-off home run to win the first game. Uh, He was the ALCS MVP. For those that don't know, that's the, the semifinals MVP to get to the World Series. So, so again, it's absolutely amazing to see the, the path that he's gone. He made it to the major leagues, got knocked out, came back, and is absolutely tearing it up. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of people like that that have been like that in the Major League Baseball. So, those that are baseball fans probably know of somebody that deserves me to speak about them more than Adolis Garcia. But because I'm a somewhat of a baseball casual... It's the fact that he's popular now. He's he's a story that I know now, so I wanted to learn more about him. And man, has he really had a, a crazy turnaround to his career. It's It's been amazing to see. Now I know there are a lot of other athletes I can get into, but there's one final athlete that I'm going to highlight for this segment. Um, big basketball fan. This is a player of mine who's one of my favorite players who have ever played. So it's Ben Wallace. The all-time center of the Detroit Pistons. So the two guys I've mentioned are current players. Ben Wallace is an old-school player, um, but he's one that I think has also had an against-all-odds story of a career. 
So he played one year of high school basketball at Central High School. Then he did two years at Cuyo, Cuyahoga Community College in Cleveland. After those two years, he transferred to Virginia Union University, which is a HBCU, which is historically black community or, un- uh, sorry, historically black college or university. So yes, the Virginia Union University Panthers, um, where he became a D2 first team All-American. So a really, really good player at that level. Um, however, he went undrafted in the 1996 draft. So the 1996, yeah, the 1996 draft. And then he went to go play one year over in Italy. Um, uh, I think he didn't finish the year or either way, maybe after the season in Italy, but he joined the Washington Bullets pretty close after that um, and did three years there in Washington. So undrafted rookie, the Washington Bullets gave him the chance, played there for three years, and then they shipped him to Orlando. I shouldn't say shipped. They traded him to Orlando. Um, When he played in Orlando, he was only there for a year, and then they traded him to the Pistons in 2000. Now, this is where it formed one of my favorite basketball lineups of all time. It was Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, uh, Richard Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace, and Ben Wallace. So that starting five is one of my favorite starting fives of all time, and they ended up winning the championship in 2004. Again, as to my last episode, it was Rasheed Wallace trade in 2004 that formed this lineup and helped them win it. But Ben Wallace, again, one year of high school ball, played in a community college, played in a D2 HBCU, which is a little uncommon for basketball stars. Um, went to go play a year in Italy because he was undrafted. Bounced around the league for a little bit, then found a home in Detroit, won the championship. He was a four-time defensive player of the year. Ben Wallace was a stud. Now, I know I'm leaving out a lot of athletes on this list that a lot of people would probably know. Let me know in the comments. I'm always excited to learn more about certain players. Hockey fans, please let me know who you think. I want to learn more about some people that have done similar kind of stories where they worked really hard to get to where they are. Um, basketball, I think, has a bit of an advantage in the sense of with YouTube and those things, it's, I think, easier to make a basketball highlight mixtape on YouTube than it is for any other sport. Um, but either way, there you have it. Those are kind of three people. So again, Tyson Badgett, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, Adolis Garcia, the right fielder for the Texas Rangers, and Ben Wallace, the old school starting, I shouldn't say old school because it's not crazy in the past, but the older starting center for the Detroit Pistons, who I think is going to be a Hall of Flame defensive player of the year. Uh, those three guys, I think, overcame and battled a lot of odds to to get to the level that they are now and, and competing at the level they are now. Um, but again, let me know who, who I didn't talk about, who you think I should have. I'm always excited to learn more. Um, but there you have it. Those are the people that I wanted to tell you about. So here we are, second segment of the day. Today I'm going to be talking about the college football conference restructuring. Before I quickly get into that, I am currently watching the Philadelphia Eagles play and A.J. Brown, another game of 125 receiving yards and two touchdowns. If you got him on fantasy, God bless your soul. That's amazing. Um, 
But yes, college football conference restructuring. So, again, not an expert on this either, so don't hold me too much to everything that I'm saying, but I'm going to give it a go. So, college football is NCAA, the National College Athletics Association. Um, That's who runs it, and there's a bunch of different conferences. I'm going to say around 10. Um, There's five major ones, though. So... There's going to be a restructure. I don't know crazy much of the rules this year because a lot of my research is the ones next year. But I'm excited watching it because of Deion Sanders, Colorado. I've always liked college football as well, but they've added some more excitement, so I'm getting into it. And next year, they're changing a bunch of things up. So, again, next year, there's going to be 134 different schools competing in the 2024-2025 season. Um, Sam Houston and Jacksonville State are two new additions to the Division I college football. So again, there are five major conferences in the college football world that compete for the college football championships. There's other ones as well, but there are five major ones that the major big teams play for. One of them is going away, but I'll get into all of them. So the first one is the ACC, which I think is the American Coastal Conference. I think, yeah, either way, that one in a way holds a dear place to me. I wouldn't say dear, but my two sisters went to schools that belong to the ACC. There are 17 teams in the ACC. Notable teams of them are Cal, I'll say University of California, the Clemson Tigers, who have been pretty good lately, the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, One of my good friends is a Florida State fan because of the tailgating. University of Miami, where one of my sisters went. University of Virginia, where my other sister went. Uh, Stanford's a school, a couple of... Uh, I shouldn't say a couple. Stanford's a school most people know. Uh, Syracuse is one of my favorite schools. Shout out to the movie Big Daddy. That's where I fell in love with Syracuse, surprisingly. And then Carmelo Anthony sealed it for me. Uh, but again, that's the ACC and the notable teams there. So they're one of the Power Five conferences. And, and now it's getting into... Actually... Let me first get off another one before we get into the funny number ones. So another one is the SEC, the Southeastern Conference. Don't quote me on that, but it's definitely the South. There's 16 teams in it. Notable teams in this one, I think, are the best teams in the league. Oh, let's go! Sorry, Devontae Smith just got a touchdown, got him in fantasy. Let's go, skinny Batman. Eagles just tied it up. I want them to win this. Uh, Okay, so again, the SEC, notable teams. Alabama... Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Texas, you know, the powerhouses, the teams that are always in there. I feel like LSU, Alabama, and Georgia have dominated the football championships for the past, like, six, seven years. Um, So, again, that's the SEC. There's 16 teams in there, but, again, those were the notable ones to me. Now we're getting into the funny number ones. So, we've got the Big 12 with 16 teams. Notable teams in there. So again, one of the guys I mentioned earlier, Deion Sanders is back. So his team, Colorado, is in the Big 12. Other teams that are in the Big 12, Arizona, Arizona State. Uh, Baylor is a nice school that I know. Kansas, I think Kansas State. Uh, so the Big 12, they, you know, they've, they've got a couple of good teams. But, you know, I don't really think they have many that are that are overly competing for the national championship year in, year out. But they're a good conference. They're one of the Power Fives. Another one in the Power Five, funny number one, the Big Ten. 
the Big Ten has 18 teams, and the Big Ten is slowly competing with the SEC for the best conference in the country. In there, they've got Iowa. I love Iowa because they're a university of tight ends, and I don't know why, but I fall in love with them. They also produce really good offensive tackles. Overall, good players. Uh, one of the best, pro- I should say one of the best prospects. One of the prospects that I'm most looking forward to is Iowa this year, Cooper DeGene. He's a cornerback for Iowa. He's also a return man. I think he plays safety. He's just He does it all for them. Uh, but yes, Iowa's in there along with Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, USC, Washington. You know, now that I think about it, man, the Big Ten might be better than the SEC. Actually, I shouldn't say that. SEC has Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. But the Big Ten is competing there. They've got 18 teams in their division again. They're they're really competing for that, that top dog spot of the best conference in the country. And then the final of the Power Five conferences, which is holding on to dear hope, the Pac-12. The funniest of the numbers because it's the Pac-12 with two teams. Yep, you heard it. There are two teams in this conference. The two teams left are Oregon State and Washington State. So, surprise, surprise, I know which two teams are competing for the conference championship. Um, Again, in college football, they have what's called the independence. So, teams that don't belong to a conference, they kind of pick their own schedule. Notre Dame, UConn, and UMass, University of Massachusetts and University of Connecticut and Notre Dame, are the three teams who are in this independent conference. I'm not going to fully get into all the other conferences, but the other conferences that are out there, just the names of them, the American Athletic Conference, Conference USA, the MAC, which I believe is the Mountain Athletic Conference, the MWC, which I believe is the Mountain Western Conference, and the Sun Belt. So again, all of that compromises of 134 schools competing for that national championship. Now... I don't fully know the selection process that goes into it because some years, some teams, I think, get gypped. Um, but I, I do think that at the end of the day, we're seeing the best teams win the championships. That's what really matters. But I like the college football conference and the college football playoffs. One of the things that I actually wish that it would go to, and again, I've referred to this a bunch of times when I'm talking about restructuring. You're going to think I'm a beating a dead horse on this one, but I'm a big fan of the league and I think it works and I think it should be implemented with college football. But it's like English Premier League. It's a tier system. Um, I think it would work with college football. Um, yeah, the you get, what is it? I'm going to say the 25, maybe 30 teams in a top division. And then and then you, you rank them right out. You got 30, then 30, then 30, then 30. 120. So there's 120 teams in this Division One, in four different tiers and four different rankings. Let's say the bottom five teams of the top division will swap with the top five teams of the second division. And the top five teams... Oh, no. Maybe we'll make it even. No, no, top five. Because then the first team gets a bye and then we're going to a playoffs. But either way, they make it a playoffs. So every different conference level has their own playoff edition which I think will allow a lot more interest into it. Some of the the lower teams are going to get the ability, and yeah, they might bounce down the year after, but they get the ability to compete with the big boys. It also will rotate, so it's not just the same people winning the conference every year, because when you win, you move up, and you might stay up there for a year or two. So it gives different schools a chance to win, different schools a chance to grow. The recruiting process, I think, would be really fun. 
Um, yeah, I think you're going to have, like, again, in these top European leagues, you're going to have the schools that stay in there forever. But again, they're going to have the teams like a Texas who were dominant for a while, but I think for a while in their history probably would have fallen out of that top division and gone into the second division. So I think it could work. The money is going to be there because the top divisions would make the money just like they are now. I think one of the things that makes it tricky, which is where conferences come in, is location-wise. The scheduling would be a nightmare if you're traveling cross-country all the time. But I personally just like it. I think you'd, you'd see the competition would be there. Um, I think bowl games could still be there because you see it in English Premier League. The FA Cup is a competition of all the divisions. So all the divisions could compete in, in bowls. You could see the winner of Division 3 goes against the seventh place team of division one or something like that for a bowl um but i I like the division system i think it it could allow for teams to go up and down um yeah again i'm a big fan of it because i'm a soccer fan i mean a football fan but that's where i think college football could have the biggest market and attention and the, the bouncing up and down of teams again who am I to say anything? I, I, I'm just a big college football casual. But that's where I would like to see the, the conference restructuring. But it's not everything I explained before I got into the Premier League side of things. Is where the college football is going to restructure. I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Um, I like a lot of college football. I, I say I'm a fan of a lot of teams. Ultimately dear and here. Or near and dear to my heart. Uh, which isn't even near and dear to my heart, but LSU is the team that I support the most in college football. I like the Baton Rouge Tigers. Um, Oh, Philadelphia with an INT. Let's go. Um, But yes, either way, um, go Tigers, go LSU. That's my take on college football. I hope that it turns into a division or a conference or a, a Premier League style structure. I shouldn't only say Premier League. Spain does it. Germany does it. Italy does it. All the teams that have a lot of teams do it um but there you have it that's my take on the college football conference restructuring and we're jumping into the final segment of the podcast and this is one where i'm taking a bit of a leap it's one where i didn't know if i was going to want to do things like this because it's you could just go to espn you can listen to tsn you can listen to sports center but it's going to be my sports roundup because I just I think there's too much going on in sports that I want to get to, but I don't have enough time. And episodes are going to be too late for recaps, and I don't want to do that. And Philadelphia, let's go. We just got another score, baby. I don't know what a touchdown. Well, I miss. Oh yeah, because the INT touchdown. Philadelphia takes the lead against Washington. Let's start it right there. So that's going to be my sports roundup. Um, we're going to start Philadelphia Eagles or my favorite team. That's who I'm going to recap. They're six and one going into this matchup against the commanders commanders started. Sorry. I'm speaking very fast because I'm pretty excited. So it was six and one going into this match. Now the commanders started the game pretty tough. I love Sam Howell as much as it hates me to say against the commanders because they go against the Eagles a lot, but Sam Howell's performing pretty well. I did drop him on fantasy for Desmond Ritter because I thought Philadelphia was going to own the Commanders. That was a silly mistake because now Desmond Ritter is doing the poo-poo bed. Um, even Bijan Robinson. Arthur, Arthur Smith, use the weapons you have, man. Use the weapons. You have Desmond Ritter, who's a capable quarterback, 
But B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, you're never going to listen to this, but use your dang weapons, Arthur Smith. But yes, either way, Philadelphia Eagles are coming back. Um, I can't remember what the score was. I think it was 14-3, maybe 17-3 at one point, but we're about to kick an extra point to make it 31-24. So that's where I'll start with the roundup. I think the Eagles are going to continue on to win this match. But again, that's where we'll start the roundup is the Eagles and Commanders. Eagles are winning, and I think they will continue to win. Next up on my roundup is the Rugby World Cup. So that was one that I didn't really cover. Um, If you listen to my last episode, in one of the points I mentioned that I was going to South Carolina for a wedding. So shout out to Michaela and Sid. Your wedding was awesome if you're listening to this. Um, It was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for the invite. I had an amazing time. It was a beautiful wedding. But at the after party at the uh, Harvey House, there was a Rugby World Cup match between... South Africa and England, in which South Africa won as a semi-final match that captivated a lot of the English, uh, Scottish, Welsh, and Jamaican sector of the the fan base that showed up to this wedding. <laughs> fan base. The crowd that showed up to the wedding. Um, so it, it led to a final between South Africa and New Zealand. Now, trust me, I thought New Zealand was going to dominate because they're the All Blacks. South Africa actually won it. So South Africa are your winners of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Um, shout out to the Springboks. Uh, they play an amazing game. They've got some great players. I'm not going to get into it and say I know a lot about rugby. I'm going to do a deep dive on their on their their team. But they've got some big boys. They've got some really good players. And, and it was exciting to watch the match that I did watch with family and friends. So again, shout out to the South African Springbok. Good job beating the All Blacks for the Rugby World Cup Championship. Now we're going to move on to another sport uh, that's popular to that similar fan base, but might not be popular to a lot of listeners on here. It's the Cricket World Cup. It's going on right now. Today, India beat England. Um, Again, I'm not going to dive into it and say I'm the craziest cricket fan, so I'm not going to dive into a lot of the players. I do follow the scores here and there when I get the opportunity. I know the finals is on November 19th, so I will be doing a recap further on as we go into it um but again the cricket world cup is always exciting if you don't know much about cricket you know what maybe i'll get into that on another episode because i don't want to spend too much time on the sports roundup to get into how cricket works but again good job india for beating england today i do like england uh i mean obviously a big supporter of the west indies who are not really in it too much so go england all the way because i've got some english family there Next thing we're moving on to for today is the Mexican Grand Prix. Now, at the time of recording this is after the time of listening to this, so after it is done. Oh, Julio Jones got a touchdown, guys. That's my boy Julio. Actually, I didn't sign him or anything, but Julio Jones is a big free agent that I was happy that the Eagles signed. And again, producing already. Again, back to Sports Roundup. The Mexican... Man, I am so sorry, guys, for listening to this or watching this while listening to or watching the Eagles play. Um, it's jumping back and forth, but again, we are now at the sports roundup and it's the Mexican Grand Prix. I am recording this before it happens. So Leclerc, Sainz and Verstappen is the order of one, two, and three. Thanks to the qualifying. As you guys know, I'm a big McLaren fan. Piastri is further down in the top 10 and Lando Norris very sadly is starting in the 19th position. 
At the end of the day, I do think both McLarens are going to finish in the points positions. I think Piastri is going to jump up into the top five and then sneak out of the top five at the end of it. Verstappen's going to win the race. I think one of the Ferraris is going to stay up and one of the Mercedes are going to jump up in there. I don't think both Ferraris are going to keep up there. And I don't think both Red Bulls are going to jump up there. So I think it's going to be a Ferrari, or sorry, a Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, one, two, three finish. With it probably being Verstappen. I love Leclerc. Probably going to mess something up so it's signs, but I'm going to say Leclerc. So Verstappen, Leclerc, and Hamilton is going to be the one, two, three of today's Mexican Grand Prix. That's my prediction. But again, you guys are listening to this afterwards. And as you know, my predictions have been trash. And that's where I'm going into my next sports roundup because my predictions for the baseball playoffs have just been garbage. However, I do want to give a shout out to the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers for making it. It's 1-1 in the World Series right now. The Arizona Diamondbacks had a nice win last night to tie the series up. Now again, Adolis Garcia, who I talked about earlier in this podcast, he's playing for the Texas Rangers just to kind of put in a little bit of a little bit of perspective and go a little bit full circle there. So, that's kind of what's going on in the baseball world in basketball. Season's just started, so again, there's just a lot going on right now. I'm a big Miami Heat fan, but they've started 1-2, and two, so not overly hot. They started the season with a win against Detroit. I thought they were going to beat Detroit. Don't get me wrong, that's not a crazy win. Oh, what a catch by a commander there. Um, but they've lost their next two. Now, Detroit, I think, is a good team, but again, Miami deserved to win that match. Wemby is proving to be the freak of nature that he actually is. Dylan Brooks is... Sorry, the only reason I'm mentioning Dylan Brooks is he has a quote saying, oh, he's just tall, that's about it. Wemby, you're a freak, you're amazing, you're going to go down as, as on this path if you can continue. Because there's injuries, it's only been three games, but you are going to go down as one of the better players ever at this rate. Um, Luka Doncic, I think, is running for MVP. Skinny Luka, he's on my fantasy basketball team. I want him to do amazing, so I think he's going to do amazing. Jokic had another crazy pass last night, one of the better passes I've seen. And it was a quick inbound to an alley-oop about three-quarters of the distance to Aaron Gordon, caught the entire Memphis Grizzlies sleeping. Uh, if you watch sports and you watch highlights, go for it. If you don't, it is the Denver Nuggets versus Grizzlies highlights. And again, Jokic had a beautiful inbound, three-quarters of the field, court, alley-oop to Aaron Gordon, very quick, caught everybody off guard. It was amazing. He caught the cameraman off guard. But again, switching to other sports, Chelsea, unfortunately, had another loss last week. Or, sorry, this week. It was yesterday against Brentford. We lost 2-0. I think we should have beaten the Bees, but we didn't. Chelsea just needs consistency. We have the talent, I think, but we just need the consistency to be there. I'm also looking... Actually, I'm going to get back to Chelsea. Let me also get into the Manchester Derby that happened today. City won handedly 3-0. Um... I'm not overly a fan of either team, but I think I'm less of a fan of Manchester United for some reason. I think because I have a lot of friends that are fans of them and I want to see them fail because I'm a Chelsea fan. But Manchester City beat them 3-0. But again, we're moving on to Chelsea, who's not having a good season, so I have nothing to talk about Manchester United fans. Um, I'm sorry to, to bash on your team because Chelsea's not having a good season either. But I also think when Nkunku comes back, it's going to be amazing. Um, I, I want to see 
Gallagher play a little bit more attacking. Sterling with Nkuku. Nicholas Jackson can turn it around. Um, Wesley Fofana, I think, needs to come back. Him and Badia Shiel could be a pretty good defensive pairing. They're Frenchmen. Robert Sanchez, I, I bashed on him in an earlier episode and I said we needed to replace him. Now, if we can get that Portuguese goalie, Diogo Costa, I'm not going to be mad about that replacement. But he has turned it around and he has proven that maybe he doesn't need to be replaced. So um, Chelsea, I think, just needs to to put it together, get that consistency. Pochettino needs to show that he he can do it and he knows what he's doing. So with all of that being said, I think Chelsea could turn it around. They're not going to finish third like I predicted, but I do think they can sneak into that Europa League spot. They've got a long way to go. Who knows, maybe they can turn it around and finish in a Champions League spot, but as long as they can finish fifth, maybe sixth, I think they've got it under the belt. Um, but again... There's my sports roundup. There was just too much going on that I figured if I talked about them in later episodes, it, it really wasn't going to work out because um, it was just going to be too late. So maybe I will do a deeper dive into some of the rugby aspects and some of the cricket aspects. But because those World Cups were going on and are happening, I wanted to talk about them. Let me know what you guys think, though, because if this was a segment you guys did enjoy, I will talk about it more because it, it does give you a bit of a crash course dummy course into what's going on in the sports world i enjoy talking about it because i do follow basically every sport as i was saying in episode 13 with my dad i watch every sport i may not follow to the point where i know all the players and i know all the stats but i love every sport i love watching them so this was my sports roundup of what's going on um on today october 29th right now i'm recording this just before one o'clock my time um so again that's what's going on in today's world thanks for listening and uh yeah let me know what you guys think i I might never do this again or if you guys enjoy this i'll do this every once in a while and that marks the end of another episode of roped in thank you very much for listening again if you are a repeat listener thank you very much for coming back it does mean the world i'm just getting into this every listener counts even if you're just putting this on mute and you're not even hearing anything i'm saying right now thank you very much for giving me a listen um if this is your first time listening i i hope i've said the right things to make you realize that i i know a little bit of what i'm talking about and you're going to come back for more um I've done my sports roundup, so I don't really need to right now. Again, thank you very much for listening. Um, I I hope to have many more guests, many more famous guests, many more friends and family. I'm having a lot of fun making this. I hope you're having a lot of fun listening to these. And as always, Hakuna Matata. (laughs) 